0: So, yeah. So welcome, Eden. Come yeah. on, give her a welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I love you. Good to be back. If you were here, I don't know, it might have been six or so weeks ago? Eight weeks? I'm not sure. I was here recently in November, end of October. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Eden, and i um, very grateful to be a third-generation pastor uh, my grandparents, my parents, and now me and uh, my siblings, just in awe of what God has done, and getting a chance to to see it in the life of our family and in our church, as we've been faithful and as we've just been keeping our eyes on God. Uh, you know, we've had our ups and downs and our losses and our victories, just like everyone else on this planet. But what we've seen throughout our life is, is when we stay close to God. And we give him our heart. We give him all of us. Um, it's amazing what he can do with the very little we have. Amen. Anybody else seen that in their life? It's amazing what God can take when you just say, not I, but you, Lord. Here's my life, and I want Christ to live through me. And um, welcome to those of you watching online as well. This word is for you. I want to pray just before we we dive into God's word. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you, God, that we can gather in our beautiful country of Canada, and that we can shout your praises, and that we can unashamedly come together as a church family and just be united in cause and purpose in your word, Lord. I thank you that today is going to be a, um, a marker for many of us today in this year of 2024, Lord, and I believe that The walls of fear are going to come crumbling down in so many lives today, Lord. As the truth goes forth, Lord, it sets people free. And so I just thank you that every mind would be at peace. Every heart would just be ready to receive, Lord, because you have so much that you want to give to us, Lord. And I pray that our faith would just be activated as we listen and lean in to what Holy Spirit has for every single one of us, God, because you love us, you know us, you've got plans and purposes uh, that you want to accomplish in and with us in this life here on earth, God. So we just thank you for that, and we just know great things are in store for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, I want to encourage you in my almost 40 years of sitting under the word. Um, I didn't have a choice. I think I was three days old, my mom said, and I was in church. So, But then when I did have a choice, my only choice was I want to stay in the house of God. And um, so I've, I've had to sit and, and learn the word for years. And I've, I've learned there's ways to learn. <laughs> there's ways to receive the word and there's ways to come and miss it. And so I want to encourage you when you come, anytime you hear the word, from anyone that 's on this platform or or um, you know when you 're listening to the word throughout the week or learning from God, you need to believe there 's something for you in it. You need to to activate your heart and get ready because God wants to give you a word today. God wants to set you free in an area that maybe you 've been feeling like you 've been knocking your head against the wall, wondering. I'm doing everything I know how to do, and I just don't know what else to do, but the Word is full of His promises, and it says that every promise is yes in Christ Jesus, but we need to add our amen to it. And so my journey with the Word has been um, just incredible, not perfect. I'm not ever going to say that I, I know what I'm doing, but I've left the station, right? I haven't arrived, but you can leave the station. You don't have to sit out trying to figure out where do I go and how do I do this, but just this journey of trusting God is so rewarding. And I want us to start out in Mark 5 today, um, verse 21. Um, I, I didn't give them the scriptures for the screen because I want you to listen. And I like to dissect and add add things. And so now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came Jairus by name, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. I want to encourage you as you read the Word of God, if you really want to want to get all the life out of it, God is a, a, an imagination God. He is a heart God, and my level of, of receiving from the Word really increased when I began to imagine, and I began to picture what it would have been like by the sea, to smell the water, to hear the birds chirping, to imagine thousands of people thronging Jesus and being Jairus. Imagine what it would have been like to be Jairus. There were no cars. We don't know how far Jairus ran We don't know when Jairus found out that Jesus was coming and he needed him so desperately that he ran from his home and pushed his way through thousands of people. I've never had to do that in my life, push my way through thousands of people to get something that I believed I needed. And yet we see the heart of this man wanting and needing something from Jesus. And uh, and so picture the word as you read it because Holy Spirit will bring it to life as you want to receive and as you want to picture it it's amazing what you can get as you put yourself in their shoes and you think about what what would it have been like then what were the times what were they thinking what were they what were they feeling what were they saying and really pulling apart the word that is the job of holy spirit with you and it's beautiful it says Jairus saw Jesus and fell at his feet and he begged him earnestly saying that my little daughter lies at the point of death Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So we see that he is in a very dire situation. We can see that more than likely, as a father, he has done everything in his power, everything he knows to do. Probably every herb, every, everything they knew to try to heal whatever this affliction was. And uh, more than likely, Jairus heard of this man. We don't know if he ever sat under Jesus' teaching or what, but he thought, I know. And we see it in the confidence of his speech. If you come, she will live. Jairus had decided in his heart that if I can get Jesus to come to my house, my daughter will live. So we see this decision that Jairus made that caused him to come to Jesus. So Jesus went with him. Could you imagine how excited Jairus must have felt? Like, do you know how many people probably wanted to run to Jesus themselves? I'm sure there were many Jairuses at that time with sick family members, and they went, oh, Jesus isn't going to come to my house. But Jairus had the faith and the conviction to go, I don't care if I look like a fool. I'm a ruler of a synagogue. I don't care what anyone thinks. I love my daughter, and I believe that if I can get this man called Jesus to come home, that she's going to live. And And uh, could you imagine the excitement? Jesus, oh, oh man, Jesus is actually coming. My wife's never going to believe it. You know, Jairus is probably having all these thoughts in his head. I did it. I, I convinced this man who doesn't even know me because they didn't have an understanding of, of the depths of who really Jesus was at this point, right? They were just hearing about this man who was healing every disease, casting out every demon. That is our savior. And um, so they had heard his reputation thinking, well, maybe he could help me. And um, and a great multitude followed him and him wronged him now could you imagine being the one who had to usher jesus home through a crowd (laughs) could you imagine probably the frustration jairus had is okay guys he just promised to come to my house so you guys all need to wait because my daughter's dying and i need to get him home so that she will live but um you know we don't get to they don't give us information like that but i like to paint out the picture and think about what he might be thinking and what they might be seeing and um It says, we're not going to get into this part, but while they're on their way to Jairus' home, this is when the woman with the issue of blood gets healed. So beautiful that we see that Jesus stops for every person that believes. Every person that needed something from him, he wanted to give himself to. And uh, and so they're on their way. Jairus is trying to usher Jesus to his house. And this woman is healed 12 years with an issue of blood. And the Bible tells us she had even more issues than that because the doctors who tried to help her gave her more issues instead. And yet she believed if she could touch the hem of Jesus' garment, she'd be healed. And she was healed. And at that moment, while while Jesus is talking to her, um, Jairus' friends, people from his home, come running to him. Again, we don't know how, the distance or, or what, but they just said, um, while he, while Jesus was still speaking to this woman, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? And so let's paint this picture. If if your daughter's on her deathbed and you have all these people at home, it means Jairus tried to, to use anyone and everyone to heal his daughter. There was people at his home trying to help him and doing all they could. And so just imagine all the days leading up to this moment and yet Jairus comes and gets Jesus and these people say, oh, forget about it, she's dead. And we see the faith of these people. These people believe that, well, she's dead. Don't even trouble Jesus. There's nothing he can do about it. And I love what happens next. It says that as soon, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to Jairus, do not be afraid. Only believe. Only means there's just one option. And I don't know about you, but I kind of like it when there's just one option because you're not sitting there humming and hawing and figuring out, well, which one should I pick? I love that Jesus in his truth is simple and effective. And he goes, no, 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 Jairus, don't be afraid. And what I love that the word says is as soon as the lie came to Jairus, because let's call it what it is, in the presence of Jesus, uh, death, in the presence of Jesus, um, hardship and quitting, that doesn't exist with Jesus. We just sang about it, that every every battle, it's a victory. He only knows triumph that we see victory with him. And so what I love about Jesus, and we learn something about the presence of God in this story, is the moment the lie comes to your heart, the moment you are met with discouraging news, the moment someone in your life tries to tell you, just forget about it. Jesus can't help your marriage. It's dead. Let him move on to other people. Or when even you yourself tells yourself, my dreams are dead. There's no hope. There's nothing Jesus can do for me. That as soon as you hear it, what does Jesus do? He brings truth the moment the lie is there. And that is the power and the presence of our God, our Savior Jesus, that when we get met with a lie, whether it's from our own negative thoughts and, and, the, and the, the environment we've been placing ourselves in, or whether it's from a spouse or a friend or an acquaintance or even someone who claims to know God and have a close relationship, if they come to you saying, don't bother Jesus with this, he can't help you, Jesus immediately is saying, don't be afraid. Don't buy into that fear. Don't buy into that lie. Only believe. So what we learn here is that Jesus cannot make you believe. Jesus cannot remove fear from your life. You have to say no to the fear you have been given authority and power over your body, your mind, your spirit, and how we come to know God is you personally deciding, I believe God loves me. I believe that he sent his son Jesus to die for me, and I'm going to invite him into my life. I'm going to give him my life, and as we continue in this journey with God, um, the lie of religion, the lie of the devil would be, well, just let God do whatever he wants to do in your life, and if he doesn't take away fear, then he must, he's just thinking you need to deal with Fear. Well, that's not scriptural, friends. So um, it's very important that we know our Savior, that we know the truth, and we're going to get into that. But I wanted to pull out some pieces of this story as I was reading it. I just love so much that it was the moment He heard it that Jesus brought the truth, that it's the moment in your desperate need and in that moment where you're feeling overcome and overwhelmed, open the word of God because the word of God wants to meet you in that moment and remind you of who you are and who you can believe. It's up to you. It's up to me who I choose to believe. And in this past year of my life, um, I've lost my father. Um, well, I don't like to say I've lost. He went home to heaven. My grandmother went home to heaven. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm facing it younger, at a younger age than I thought. But this, these six words were the words that God impressed on my heart as, I, as I've walked through certain days in this last year and a half that I thought I'd never have to walk through so soon. These were the six words that set me free. Do not be afraid. Only believe. And you know, Jairus didn't have any information. Jesus didn't give him six steps how to conquer fear. Jesus didn't give him a whole paragraph of, okay, so this is what fear is, and this is what you need to do. It was simple and profound. Do not be afraid, only believe. And I pray that this resonates with you today, that it's as simple as saying no to fear and yes to Jesus. We say no all the time. I think we are all capable. We know how to say no. I mean, I hope you guys know how to say no. And if you don't, I encourage you to read, um, boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud. It is a beautiful book on helping you understand boundaries and learning how to, how to have authority and, and, and that in your life. But you know what? We need to say no to fear. And I believe that many believers today are in the waiting room of life that, that Satan has robbed truth from them because the parable of the sower says that the moment the word comes to our heart that satan comes immediately to steal it so that's the that's the that's who satan is he's the father of lies and what does he do he comes immediately and john ten ten says he comes only to steal kill and destroy There's nothing good in Satan. There's nothing, oh, well, maybe, you know, this is just my cross to bear and this is I'm supposed to, no, that's a lie. Don't even give Satan a moment of your time. Don't waste a beat of your heart or a breath of your mouth on him because he's a loser and his job is to conquer you because he hates you and he knows the power of the word in your heart if you only believe. He knows, he's seen what happens when people only believe. And so all he tries to do, is pervert and twist, but here is the good news that has encouraged me so much over this. He can't do anything without my consent. And he's just gonna come and whisper and maybe yell sometimes, but I can say shut up, and I can say no, and I can decide that if there's people or TV shows or books or environments that I'm putting myself in that bring this in, I have to wake up to that and go, have I been guarding my heart with all diligence because out of it flow the wellsprings of life, Proverbs says. And so our ears, our eyes, our mouth, those three gateways to our heart. If you want to get out of the waiting room of life, it takes some some uh, believing and trusting Jesus and going, okay, I, I want to say no to fear. If you say that I can say no to fear, then I'm going to only believe you. I don't know how this works, I've never said no to fear before. I don't know how to do it. It doesn't matter. He didn't say to Jairus, well, here's how you do it. He just said, look at me, only believe, only believe, just only believe. Don't even think about this. And what the beautiful thing about God is um, everything he calls you to do, everything he He teaches you as to who he made you to be. You are those things because of him. You are those things and you can do those things because of his spirit in you as a believer. So you are not called to say no to fear in your own strength, in your own might, in your own power, in your own knowledge. That when you decide, Lord, I'm gonna trust you, even even when the darkest days I've faced, that you should be scared, right? We all have those days. Everything in the physical everything to our physical eyes says well you should be scared even your friends when i've when i've chosen peace in the middle of these storms that's why often people will say you are too calm what is wrong with you you should be stressed you should be crying you should be freaking out well it depends who you're going to believe i guess right depends where your heart has been settled and if my heart has been settled in the word and if the bible says that the lord is my shepherd and i shall not want and he leads me by green pastures Even when I go through my hardest day and even when the world or the enemy goes, see, look, look, that's bad. You should be scared. Jesus said, no, don't be afraid. Only believe. And it's in the trusting that you find. As you trust him, as you take a step of faith, even when what your eyes see, it doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense when I was walking through um, my dad going to heaven and all the things that we had to walk through. It didn't make sense to not be afraid. Everything in me wanted to be afraid, but these six words, God God brought this story to me, and I just hung on to it, and I went, okay, do you know what's the best thing? I mean, I can only imagine. I can't remember being a little child, but I, as a mom with a five- and a four-year-old, I see how much they they rest in my, in the truth that I bring them. They'll come to me with a fear or they'll come to me with something they're dealing with and they'll ask me, right? Seeking something. And when I give them a word and I always look for scripture, in every question, in every situation, I look to the word and I try to find a way to communicate it to them at their age level and they immediately trust me. And I see the the, 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 the stress let go and I see them just just um sink into my love, and I go, oh, Lord, I get it. <laughs> and they're so young, I can't explain everything to them. This is why you should trust mom, and mom's been a bit, I'm a bit older, and I know how this works out, and your arm's not going to fall off. It's just a little owie, and and they immediately go, okay, okay. And they don't, I, I, I can't sit there and explain every reason why, because it's above their understanding in this moment. And I believe that we walk through things sometimes that we want to understand everything but let's let's be real here if we were to understand everything we'd be god and that's pride. So there is a beautiful rest in letting go this need of wanting to know everything or wanting to be right in everything. Um, i'm a firstborn i'm an overachiever i'm a type a personality and that was that was something i dealt with in my teen years and in my 20s and it was something i had to conquer i had to come to realize eden you don't want to be god you don't want to know everything you don't need to understand everything there is a beauty in this relationship of letting go and trusting that he is good trusting that he is faithful even though i can't explain how he does it i don't know how he holds the stars and the moon in place i don't know how the earth is at the perfect axis and it spins and if it were to just be the slightest degree off we would all be burning everything he does is perfect and good and if i just look at it and go thank you lord i don't know how you do it but i don't have to worry about it because i'm your child and when i come to you and i go lord what should i do don't be afraid, Eden, only be- Okay, I'll do that, God. I'll only believe. I don't need to know why. I don't need to figure out how you make this work. Even when the doctors say, even when your best friend says, even when your own mind might be screaming at you, Eden, just listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. Listen to my word. So how do we do this? <clears throat> well, I wanna quickly just finish off that waiting room thing because I do believe many Christians have been there for a long time, or sometimes we visit this waiting room. Fear. Fear is the waiting room of life. It keeps you stuck. It keeps you in bondage, and it keeps you from experiencing the abundant life that Jesus came to give you. He says, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. I love that Jesus is always straightforward. He's simple. He cuts through the noise, but only if we choose to listen to his voice. When I choose to listen to the voice of the world or of the enemy or of even the situation I'm in, if I let what my eyes see dictate how I feel or what I believe, I am a mess. I am a mess and I I I end up frustrated and stressed and worried. And these six words have been my compass. These six words spoken by our Savior. And he didn't just speak them to Jairus. He was speaking them to every single one who believes. It's not just for Jairus. I don't want you to let the enemy lie to you and that, well, this is just a story and it was just for Jairus. No, no, no. The word is for everyone and it, it works for every heart who dares to receive it and believe it and grab it and take a hold of it. And, you know, in Hebrews 2.15, it says, and also that he might, it's talking about Jesus, also that he might deliver and completely set free all those who, through the haunting fear of death, were held in bondage throughout the whole course of their lives. Fear has a terror. It has a haunting. There's a bondage to fear. And it says he might. So the, let's, the, the word, it so beautifully interweaves together. It says that who the Son sets free is free indeed. So he has set us free. In the spirit realm, in what Jesus accomplished, he set us free. But yet here in Hebrews, it says that he might. Because we have to be an active participant in being set free. Because we have autonomy. God loves us so much that he gave us the gift of autonomy, the gift of being involved in this relationship and being a participant. You have to say no to fear. And it's as simple as that. It's not just saying no to fear. It's saying yes to Jesus. So we replace the fear by setting our eyes on the answer. I love that. It's not just staring at the fear and saying, no, 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 I don't believe in you. Go away. I'm not afraid of you. It's replacing the fear with the promise and the beauty of our savior. And so at the cross, he completely set us free and it was his intent. Isn't it beautiful to know that Jesus knew we were struggling with fear, that we would be in fear for the whole course of our lives if he didn't come as a human and pay the price. He was tempted. He went through every every um, situation that we would have encountered, it says, and yet he taught us how to live close to the Father. When you watch his life, the same things he did, we can do, he said, and even greater. The word says that as Jesus is in this world, so are we. And, um, and it's such a beautiful promise that really, you can live as much of this word as you want to live. Or you can stay in the waiting room of life, thinking that you need to wait for your number to get called, to get set out of fear, when your name has already been called. <laughs> your name in Jesus has already been called. There's no reason to be sitting in the waiting room of fear. And in John 14:1, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So remember, Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. He's, he's walking and teaching and setting people free, and he's having to teach the people. You've been believing in God for 2,000 years, but now you need to also believe in me. And uh, the beautiful thing about, about that is Jairus, we, we're in a different covenant. Jairus had to run from home to get the help he needed and get to Jesus and b- he beg him, To come home, and we know he didn't need to beg him, but he didn't know the new covenant yet. And so we have something far greater. We don't have to run to meet Jesus at the at the edge of the sea and let him know what we're going what we're going through and what we need. We have him living inside of us. Everything we need that pertains to life and godliness, our spirit lacks no good thing. Our spirit is always in joy, always in peace, always in freedom, always in strength. All. Always in health and life, and our soul needs to partner with our spirit by renewing our mind to the Word of God so that we can prove to ourselves that what is the pleasing and acceptable will of God. You're not proving anything to God. You're not proving something to God by reading the Word. You're learning who you are and who God made you to be. And this world does not know Him. This world does not know truth. And so you need and I need to wake up to the fact that this world will never steer me in the right direction. It never will. All I need is the Word of God. Everything I need is in this Word and in my relationship with Him. That He can teach me all things by His Spirit. That Holy Spirit wants to lead and guide me into all truth and it's the only thing he's capable of. The Holy Spirit cannot lead you into anything but the truth. And so this is the beauty of our Lord that he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. You can build your life upon it because it's 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 unshaken. It's 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 a guarantee. It's a guarantee. And there's no um, small fine print. There's no, well, if you do this, then it's not going to work for you. It's, If you just believe it, Eden, if you just believe that I died for you, if you just believe that in your spirit is the same faith that Jesus had, the word says, the same faith. It says that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal body. But you can miss it if you stay in the waiting room of life saying yes to fear. Because some of you might be saying, well, I don't say yes to fear. But if you listen to it, if you let it entertain your thoughts and your imaginations, if you're always picturing worst case scenario and you're always giving up on what you think you could do to, to help love your spouse and set that free, and if you're always letting the world and what you see dictate how you feel and believe, you are saying yes to fear. And how we say no to fear is learning the truth and living by the truth, and not letting our heart be troubled because of Jesus. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, which means God can't let not your heart be troubled. It starts with your decision first. He helps you, but it starts with a decision from you first, that okay, If Jesus says that I can choose to not let my heart be troubled, then that's where I'm putting my faith. And this is just the way I talk to myself as I go through certain things in life. This is how I take the word, and I want to believe it with every fiber of my being. And um, the the biggest thing is we have to understand that there is things that we need to change, that we need to learn, that we need to grow in. Proverbs 12.1 says that whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. You know it. You said it. It's a Bible verse. Don't be stupid. (laughs) Literally, God told it to us first. I know some of you are thinking, I knew that was a Bible verse. Um, well, now you know. Proverbs 12.1, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. If you always want to be right, if you can never be wrong, you are going to be stuck in the waiting room of life. Because my people perish for a lack of knowledge, Hosea says. That it's the knowledge of your Savior, the knowledge of who God is, the knowledge of his word, the knowledge of who he made you to be. And the fact that we can learn, I go, thank you, Lord, Thank you, Lord, that you gave us the ability to grow and to repent and to change. Because this life of serving Jesus is a day-by-day repentance. I, I tell you, at least once a day, I'm saying, Lord, I don't. Uh, repentance is realizing the way you're going is the wrong way, that you need to make a course correction, and saying, Lord, not that way. I want your way, and doing a turn turning around. And that is that life of repentance. And sometimes I'm repenting constantly throughout the day because I want my heart to be so soft to Holy Spirit. I want to love correction. I want to love to be wrong. That's what I've decided. I want to replace every wrong belief system in my heart, every wrong misconception or perception of who I am, of who my spouse is, of what marriage is, of what real life is, of what church is, of who Jesus is. I don't want anybody to tell me but God himself because he didn't leave anything out. You know, some people don't read the Bible because they've, they've believed the, 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 uh, the lie that it's hard to understand, that it's not easy to read, and and you're robbing yourself of truth. You're robbing yourself of this power and authority, and God gives you the understanding. It's a relationship with him. And when you go to read his word and you let it sink in, I talk to him. I say, Lord, I'm not sure what that means, but I believe that you're just going to teach me that because you promise it and your word. And so I'm not going to stress about it because you say, let not your heart be troubled. And you just constantly are letting the word correct you. And it becomes this um, fun thing because usually, you know, we always equate correction with not feeling so good. But if you can get to the place where you're excited about it, I think it allows God to correct you in a way that could, could, I think, how do I say this? When we want to bring change to an area of our life, sometimes, oftentimes, we put a human timeline on it. Well, it's going to take five years to fix my marriage. That's just so long, Eden. Who, who came up with that? Where did you get that information? I truly believe the more you open your heart to the Father, He exists outside of time. The more you let the Word come in and you receive it and you believe it, I have seen Him turn around marriages and bodies and um, feelings and I've seen him turn around livelihoods so fast, not even in a time frame that we think has to make sense to our human mind. That is the beauty and the power of a heart that just longs to be filled with him and his word and only him and decides... What does, who does fear think they are anyways? I'm not giving them any piece of my heart. I'm not wasting my time with that. I, the more I can give my heart to him, the more I can love him with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, it gives no room to the devil. It gives no room to the lies, to the misbeliefs, and they rob from you. And so when we can allow the word to get things straight in our life, it sets us free. But we have to not hate correction, And I know that's a hard pill to swallow for some people. It took me a little bit of time, and I pray that through this message today that it's not going to take you as much time as it took me because God loves you so much that his correction is always for you never against you, that he is always good, that he knows how to take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. Every good thing comes from him. I am finding myself every moment of every day trying to look for a reason to thank him because I see that the more I thank him for every good thing, it changes me from the inside out and he's transforming us from glory to glory into the image of his son, but we have to let him. We have to believe him. We have to not give our heart to trouble and stress and worry. One of the things I hate today about the enemy, I hate what he's doing to the body of Christ, to children and teenagers, is normalizing anxiety and worry and stress and depression and sickness. And believers are receiving it like it's their cross to bear or like they just, well, you know, this is just the world we live in. But the Bible says that we we aren't of this world. So you get to decide if you're going to sign up for the world's way of thinking and believing or for God's truths, which, which far surpass what the world has. And so don't let any doctor curse your child or curse your mind, or, you know, you know, you go because you know, something's not feeling right. You get the information and then you take it to God and say, Lord, this is what I'm facing. This is what I'm feeling. But I believe Lord, that as I not let my heart be troubled, that your spirit is going to guide me into all truth. And you're going to teach me healing. You're going to teach me how to not let my mind be full of stress. And it really is just choosing his word above the world, choosing his truth above the facts. Truth is more powerful than facts. You give me all the facts you want. God's truth is more powerful. And so, you know, we're not saying that what is what is um, on the earth is a lie. Oh, no, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. We're not, we're not lying about what we're seeing in the physical or what we're, what we're enduring or what the doctors are reporting. We're just saying, I believe in something far greater far better. There is a better report than this one. So thank you, doctor, for doing your job, but I'm going to go with the report of the Lord and I'm going to trust Holy Spirit and believe that he's going to guide me through this and give me peace and understanding. And that is the power of our choices and our ability to choose who we're going to believe. And I love it. I just think it's the most amazing gift that God has given us. But we have to be able to admit when we're wrong because we want Christ to live in us. We need him to be right. And we need us to understand that sometimes I get it wrong. And it's okay because there is no shame and condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So whenever I start to feel condemned or I start to feel shame, I say no. I tell it to shut up. Nope. I'm a child of God. Nope, I'm his beloved. I'm the apple of his eye. Nope, he's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God in whom I trust. Nope, devil, you can can say all the lies you want, but I'm gonna keep planting the truth in my heart. And that is the key. I wanna leave you with how to say no to fear and yes to Jesus. But let's remember, Jesus, it didn't need any more information. So let's remember that it's as simple as the six words Jesus spoke. But I love that the word has a lot for us in here that we can learn and we all come from different places different experiences different misbeliefs and there's different truths that can resonate with each of us here today and holy spirit can take the different things said and set us free in different areas that we're facing and i love that about the word of god so i want to expand a little bit as we close but i mean i believe many of you know the scripture but we walk by faith and not by sight second corinthians 5 7 when you when you believe that when you begin to go i don't walk by what i see that's how you can walk through the darkest days of your life and the people around you go, I don't get it. Like, how are you so at peace? How do you have joy when, when you just lost the love of your life? Or how do you have peace when your marriage just ended? Or it's just so beautiful when you trust the Lord that even when you go through the hardest times, I don't know how to explain it. I don't need to explain it except Jesus. That's why our life is a testimony because when someone comes to you and says something's different about you and I've noticed that you know that you're you're laughing more or I notice your kids they just always seem to be relaxed and like what is it you don't need to come up with some big explanation it's like I know I know I've just I've just been getting to know Jesus and I've been reading my Bible and going to this this place on Sundays and it it's just working and it's amazing how we don't have to come up with some grander explanation that it's the simplicity of our savior who loves us and truly just wants to make us free so we don't we don't just read the word we live the word the enemy wants you to think this is just a book you read to check off that little list that means you're a good christian well, that's, there's just no such thing. <laughs> there's no such list of a good Christian. Uh, the word is our bread. The word is healing. The word is life. The word is the word is water. The, the word is is everything that you need in life that God has provided. It's already been provided for you. And as you let Holy Spirit just encourage you and nourish you and and help wipe away the things that you were wrong in, and you go, oh, this is so exciting. I see see it from a whole different perspective then it becomes alive to you in a whole new way simply because you had the guts to say i think i'm wrong And how I'm trying to fix my marriage. I think I'm wrong in in what I've been doing with my body and my health and my food. But that's okay because I can let Jesus teach me how to be right in this. And it's not even about me being right. It's about him being right in me. And I just love it that it's all about his spirit, his strength in me. And so we don't just read the word, we live the word. John 8, 31 says, um, and I find it interesting that it says, Jesus said to those who believed him. So living the word starts with believing him. Believing even if it's the smallest little ounce of you that goes, I think I could believe in this guy Jesus. I want to know what he says. You know, depending on how you come to faith or if you're new to him today, it just it's amazing how that just that moment of, okay, this guy, I saw him healed some people. Imagine being in the, being in this day and age and seeing the blind people see and seeing your next door neighbor who was deaf his whole life, all of a sudden here, you're seeing these things take place and you're going, okay, wow, I think I could believe this man. So these people who believed him, Jesus said, if, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So it's not just knowing the truth that makes us free. If we really want to be free, it's abiding in the words of Jesus, living there. Abide means to dwell, to make your home there, to every breath, every feeling, every thought, every decision, every choice. You bring Jesus into it and you bring his word and you look at the Proverbs, which teaches us how to be wise and how to let go of our foolish ways. And you go, okay, Lord, i I, I don't want to make a move without living in your word. And it's amazing how when we make that choice to not just read the word but live by it, how we teach our children, how we discipline our children, how we how we look to love our spouse, how we look to fulfill the dreams that God's put in our heart, it all comes in just pursuing Jesus, just the relationship. We don't pursue the pleasure, the benefits. We don't pursue trying to fix the marriage I have found that as I just pursue Jesus, as I just only believe him and I keep my eyes on him, it's amazing what he can do in my heart and I literally cannot take credit for it. Even though I know I had to participate and I know I had to make changes and I know I had to apologize to my husband about something or I know I had to make a change in my parenting, I know I had to do things. But as you journey with Jesus, you get to this place where you're like, but I don't feel like I did anything. i could i couldn't have got this only god only allowing him to work in me and through me and that is the beauty of the transformation of what his spirit does in your spirit as you allow your soul and your body to submit to who you really are in the spirit and you don't allow your body to tell you what it wants and what it needs because it's not coming with you it's amazing, the revelation, when you realize, body, you're not gonna tell me if we're tired or if we're sick or if there's just no more we can do and this is just, we're always gonna be crippled or we're always gonna be, body, you don't come with me. You stay in the ground and I get a new body. So why do I listen to you, right? Like the word brings these revelations that make you go, oh, and then you get confidence to say no because of the truth. It's not just that you say no, it's that Jesus who teaches you who you are, all of a sudden this confidence rises up from the belly and it goes, oh, no way am I saying yes to that. You couldn't convince me to say yes to fear because I've planted so much of this word in my heart that I'm convinced all I need to do is say no and say yes to Jesus. And it's amazing how he does the work. So we live the word. We don't just read the word. And uh We don't walk based on what we see in the physical realm, but we walk based off what the Word tells us, even if we don't understand it. I pray this sets some of you free today. I don't need to know how God does it. There's like this just... And that story with my child that I told you is like there's this... I couldn't explain it to them, but they just trust my words. They just trust our relationship and my love that, babe, it's going to be okay. Your arm's not going to fall off. Mommy knows. Mommy's been here before. I've been this age. I okay mom and they just all the stress goes away all the worry it's the same with the lord that if we just take him at his word even if it doesn't make sense it's amazing how those thoughts and those feelings and those worries just dissipate when you go no i'm not giving you my attention i'm giving the word and how we do that is we thank him thank you god that you made me thank you god that I'm above and not beneath. Thank you, God, that I'm the head and not the tail. Thank you, Lord, that I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. You take the promises and you start speaking the truth and it, it causes those things that want you to say that, what they, you know, the enemy and all the messed up things of the world, they want you to buy into them because they know how powerful what you choose to believe is. But do you know how powerful what you choose to believe is? Because when you allow Holy Spirit to teach you that, that unshakable confidence. Because I love that God says, come boldly to the throne of grace. That We're we're his children. We're not foreigners. We're not from another land. When we believe, um, I have a verse I wanted to share with you about that. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, John one twelve, thank you, Lord, right. To those who believed him, we get to become his children. And children have direct access. Children jump up in their father's laps and they're held in his arms. And you need to envision yourself with your father God that way. That he's not withholding any good thing because he loves you. And you can receive as much of his promises as you want as you give him all of you. And you get yourself out of the way and you say, not I, but Christ lives in me. I don't want to live my way of thinking, my way of doing. I want to allow the presence of God to fill me and to have my confidence in Him. And no matter what I need, no matter what I'm struggling with, even if I fall, even if I falter, the righteous get right back up again, the Bible says. And God's never shaming or condemning you for not getting it right. Even if you promised Him today, Lord, I'll never, I'll never uh, say yes to fear again. That's an awesome, that's an awesome declaration to make, but we are human and we make mistakes. And when you fall or when you falter, I don't want you to get upset with yourself because I don't get this right every time. But it's like a muscle. The more I keep the word coming into my heart, the more I keep replacing the misbeliefs and shutting off the channels of unbelief. The things I'm watching that are filling my home with garbage, the things that we pay for to have on our TVs that aren't even of the truth, that aren't even of the word and who we are, if we're bringing those in, we can stay in all the faith we want, but if we have that unbelief, it's pulling us, and so we have to deal with that unbelief and shut it off, and it it makes things so much clearer. Like a pair of glasses, when you didn't know, you couldn't see correctly, you go, oh, oh, that's what that means because you've been pouring the unbelief in and these are some of the things I've seen in my life as I've woken up to the promises of the word and to to my involvement in choosing to believe God and choosing to know I've I'm gonna get it wrong sometimes but that's okay because the Lord is gonna be right there as soon as they said that to Jairus Jesus said no don't be afraid as soon as you've got that lie Jesus is right there saying no daughter no son only believe me only trust me and I love um, what happens later on. So, uh, so Jesus tells Jairus, don't be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw tumults and those who wept and wailed loudly. So in the physical, the people had already agreed, she's dead, she's gone, there's nothing we can do. Jairus gets home with Jesus and people are... I don't know if you've been around wailing people, but it's loud, it's desperate, it's dark, it's sad. They are just wailing over this beautiful 12-year-old girl. And Jesus comes in and and he offers them a different perspective. He goes, he says, why do you make this commotion and weep? This child is not dead, but sleeping. And they looked at him and they ridiculed him. Let us never be people... This is is what I took from this, for my heart, that when I say yes to fear, when I say yes to the ways of the world, I'm ridiculing the truth of my Savior. That I'm saying, oh no, what you say doesn't make sense. This fear, it makes more sense to me. And I love that picture because my heart is so much His, I would never want to ridicule my Savior. And so it helps me see fear for what it is. When Jesus, when in the moment he brings truth to a physical situation that looks lost and they didn't have the faith to just go, well, this is Jesus. Maybe we should trust him from all the things he's been doing. But in the moment their hearts weren't ready, they ridiculed him. And what did he do? I love it. When he had put them all outside. (laughs) All right. (laughs) get out. If you don't believe me, I don't want you in here. Because if you don't believe, you can't receive. If you don't go, oh, really? She could be sleeping? Could you show me what that means? Could you, what do you mean? Even just a bit of, okay, I could maybe be wrong about this. Even just a glimmer of that. You don't have to 100% believe him. Even if it's just a little bit of your heart that you can go, I think I could believe that she's sleeping. But nope, they ridiculed him. So When he had them all outside, I love that, never be the one that that he says, all right, get out of here. Uh, He took the father and mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. And then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked for she was 12 years of age and they were overcome with great amazement. I never want to be without awe and wonder for our God, for the, for the fact that he's given us the ability to believe him and receive every promise. I never want to be without awe and wonder. But I want to get to the place where I'm not amazed every time he does something. I want to get to the point where, yeah, that's my dad. That's what he does yeah, I want to get to the point where I expect it in every area of my life, where I expect his word to come in and wash off the junk. I expect my body to walk in health and life because I'm his daughter. Yeah, that's my dad. That's who he is. That's what he does. And what he has is mine. And I, I pray that as we close today, that, that that encourages you, that Never lose the awe and wonder of of the beauty of God and that he's given given us all these gifts. But you can be as close as you want to be to your Father God. You can enjoy every benefit, every promise, but it's through the relationship with him that you do that. It's through knowing him and understanding him and talking to him, just like you would talk to anybody else, just in your room or in the shower or in the car. Just maybe a verse I said today, just speaking it out loud and meditating on it and reading through the Proverbs each day, whatever it might be, as you spend time in the word, just, okay, Jesus, I'm going to say no to fear. And I'm gonna only believe what you say. Amen. That is a choice that we can all make today. That we all, um, many of us, have made throughout our life. But God gives us the ability to sit to make that choice every day, every moment, in every situation. This is available to us, not just when something is dying in our life, but He wants to come in and make a way and smooth the paths and lead and guide you into. Life and that is the love of our Father, and it's to anyone who believes a simple choice of saying no to the world and yes to God. Would you bow your heads? I'd love to pray with you as we close, Lord. We just thank you for your word, we thank you, God, for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you know us, that even before you formed us in our mother's womb, Jeremiah says that you knew us. Lord, you intimately know everything about us and you want to fill us for those of you who, who don't know him today. He wants to fill you with his presence and he wants to... Thank you, God, that you want to walk with us every day, in every situation, in every moment. Lord, we give you so many opportunities to give up on us, to not believe in us. But your word says that you never give up, that your faithful love never ends for us, that you just want to be with us. You don't want to ever leave us or forsake us, God. And God, we just stand here so grateful for your love and your kindness and your goodness, and that you've lavished us with those great, precious promises, Lord. And I pray that hearts would just come alive today in your presence, that people would grab onto this word, do not be afraid only believe and that we would allow this to be the six words that set us free this year in areas where we've been hanging out in the waiting room of life, that we'd raise up with an unshakable godly confidence that says no to the enemy, that says no to feelings that want to take over our day or our life, that says no to the lies of the enemy, but that we would say yes to your word, that we would look to live by it in every step and every breath. Lord, you are so good. Your word says that It's as close as our heart. It's as close as our mouth, Lord, that when we speak with our mouth and believe in our heart that you died for us, that we are immediately brought into your family, that your spirit comes to live in us, God. And I thank you that Romans 8 says that everyone who believes in you will never be disappointed. God, I speak that over every person here today. And if you're in the room and you want to start a relationship with God, or maybe you're not sure. If you have that, that that he's in you, that you've invited him in, that you want to believe in in Jesus who died for you and has given you a way to say no to this world, to say no to fear, to teach you in the ways of life and freedom, I would love to pray a simple prayer with you that many of us here have prayed before. But I'd love to know who wants to pray that prayer with me today with no one looking around. Would you just raise your hand really quick? And uh, we'd love to pray with you. Awesome. So good. Let's pray this together. Dear God, I thank you that you love me and you sent your son. I believe that Jesus died for me and I want to follow you in Jesus name. Amen and amen awesome. Well, for those of who you who prayed that prayer today for the first time or if you've prayed that prayer recently here at this church and you haven't stopped by our Connections Kiosk after the service, I'd encourage you just to stop by, let someone know you prayed that prayer because you need the Word of God. You need a Bible and um, City Light loves to just gift you with that and let you know the next steps and, and just giving you just those great ways to know God and to grow in the Word and, and keep coming to church because community is so important. God's called you to a family, not to be on your own, but to grow together with people of like faith. And it will bless you and your children and, and, and generations to come. God is just so good. And I pray that this year in 2024, that we would let him be good and expect him to be good in every area as we build that relationship with him and his words. So congratulations, best decision. And those watching online, if you, if you click that button, if you prayed the prayer to today there's a way to get all that information to you as well so um god bless thank you for for having me here and just listening and and i always appreciate getting a chance to speak god's word wherever i go um, because it truly sets us free so be blessed